Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Luke. Happy Thursday, faithful listener. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast, and I'm here with a cup of coffee ready to discuss Luke chapter 14 today. And if you guys could keep me in your prayers, I'm in a lot of pain recently. I've just got this like stabbing pain in my stomach that's been happening for a while. So I'm like gritting my teeth every once in a while because this like shooting pain is going up my my abdomen. So if you guys could keep me in your prayers with whatever that is, if it continues to get worse, I might actually go to the doctor. Not sure. I'll keep you guys updated on what that is. But you know what? I love hearing from you guys also, and I want to hear your prayer requests as well. So go to p40ministries.com slash contact and contact me and tell me your prayer request if you have one. And I'll write you down in my little notebook and I'll pray for you. But anyway, let's go ahead and read Luke 14 verses 1 through 11. And I'll be reading this out of the W.E.B., but please feel free to read the version that you like to read out of. And also grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea. And let's go ahead and read. When he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees on a Sabbath day to eat bread, they were watching him. Behold, a certain man who had dropsy was in front of him. Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they were silent. He took him and healed him and let him go. He answered them, Which of you, if your son or an ox fell into a well, wouldn't immediately pull him out on a Sabbath day? They couldn't answer him regarding these things. He spoke a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose the best seats and said to them, When you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, don't sit in the best seat since perhaps someone more honorable than you might be invited by him. And he who invited both of you would come to you and tell you, make room for this person. Then you would begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when he who invited you comes, he may tell you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. What's really cool about this is the fact that Jesus had a pretty rocky relationship with the Pharisees, but yet he's accepting their dinner invitations to go over to their house and to eat with them. And I find that really fascinating because Jesus loves everybody. And I feel like we kind of forget that Jesus also loved the Pharisees because he did. Jesus loved everybody. So he's going to take this opportunity that he has to dine with the Pharisees to teach them and try to get them to change their hearts. So he accepts this dinner invitation from the Pharisee, whatever Pharisee this was. It did say it was a house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees. And I would guess that this dinner party is pretty hard to get into. And I would guess that every single person in this dinner party would have to be invited by the Pharisees. This wasn't like an open invitation, though some houses were. At least I don't believe this was an open invitation. Some houses were. Jesus would go and teach there and then all these like crowds would come in. But from my limited knowledge of Pharisees, I would guess that not many people were able to get into a Pharisee's house without being invited. So probably every person there was invited by the Pharisees. And so Jesus goes. And he goes to teach the Pharisees a lesson. <laughs> it says that they were watching him. Oh, and by the way, this was the Sabbath. 
Jesus goes on the Sabbath to eat a meal with them. We're actually going to talk a lot about the Sabbath tomorrow and why the Sabbath was so important. But anyway, Jesus is there on the Sabbath day to eat a meal with the Pharisees. And it says that they were watching him like scrupulously. They were like setting their gaze on Jesus to see what he would do. And whether or not they were doing this out of animosity, I don't know. They could have been. They might not have been. They might have just been interested in Jesus because we saw that there were some Pharisees that liked Jesus and appreciated Jesus's message. It wasn't all Pharisees that hated Jesus, but some really did. In fact, I would I, I would argue that most Pharisees really hated Jesus. But whether or not these ones did, I don't know. It's very possible that they did. So they're watching Jesus. And there's a certain man who had dropsy who was in front of him. Dropsy, I had to look it up. And uh, I, I looked at some pictures of what dropsy is. It's basically swelling of different parts of the body where water gets like stored in that area. And so then your your body just like unnaturally swells due to all this water content. So a man who had dropsy was seated in front of Jesus. And like I said, this guy was probably invited. So a lot of people wonder if this guy with dropsy was invited just to test Jesus to see if he would heal on Sabbath day so they could say something against him. I don't know if that was the case or not. It's very possible that was the case. Or maybe this guy with dropsy, it doesn't say who it was. It could have been another Pharisee that had dropsy. It could have been basically anybody. But whoever it was, this guy had dropsy and he was seated in front of Jesus. So Jesus spoke to the Pharisees and the lawyers that were there. And he asks them, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So he's testing them. And they were all super silent. They were all silent because they just wanted to see what Jesus would do so they could accuse him, probably. So Jesus heals him and lets him go is what it says in verse four. He took him, healed him and let him go. And it was just real fast, just like that. You know, like Jesus is like done. And he answers them. <laughs> Which I find so funny because they didn't say anything. So that choice of words that Jesus answers them proves that Jesus knew what was going on in their hearts, the questions they were asking, the thoughts that they had. So Jesus answers those thoughts. He answers them. Which of you, if your son or an ox fell into a well, wouldn't immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? So in other words, Jesus is like, you wouldn't allow your child or one of your animals to suffer for a whole day on the Sabbath. So why are you allowing other people to suffer a whole day on the Sabbath? You wouldn't let, if your child fell into a well, you would be struggling on the Sabbath day to get him out of that well. And I don't believe that, that that's unlawful to do on the Sabbath day. If you look at the Sabbath day requirements that we'll talk about more tomorrow, the Sabbath day requirements were basically do not um, cook on the Sabbath day, do not kindle a fire on the Sabbath day, and also do not work on the Sabbath day. So there were three Sabbath day requirements about work that people were not supposed to do. However, helping somebody or saving somebody's life is not part of those requirements for the Sabbath day. So Jesus is saying, if you Pharisees had a son fall into a well, you would be working and struggling to get that son out of the well, because why would you just leave your child in a well overnight. You absolutely would not. And if you wouldn't do that, why would you allow somebody else who is suffering to continue to suffer on the Sabbath day? And it says they couldn't answer him 
about these things. Because of course, they absolutely would save their son out of a well. They absolutely would. They couldn't answer Jesus because they knew that they would look like hypocrites if they answered Jesus regarding that thing, because of course they would help their son. But if they helped their son out of the well, that means they would be breaking all these crazy rules that they put on the people. But they knew that they would do it. Because what person wouldn't? What person is so cruel that they wouldn't help their animal or their son out of a well on the Sabbath day? No one would do that. So they couldn't answer him regarding these things. But it didn't become hostile. The situation did not become hostile at all. The Pharisees listened to Jesus. It almost sounds like, I don't know if they, if they did or not. But in this particular instance, the Pharisees and Jesus were not hostile. So after this, Jesus is sitting and eating and whatever else. And he notices how some people that are coming into the house to sit are choosing the best seats. Now, this is something that was done in Jesus's time period that we don't do anymore. <laughs> because when we go to a wedding, we have assigned seats pretty much. And the bride tells you where to sit. There isn't like a seat of honor besides like the bride's table, I guess. But otherwise, there's no seat of honor. But back in Jesus's day, there was a seat of honor. So if somebody more important, let's say the mayor, I don't know if they had mayors back in, in the, this day. Yeah, I guess they did. They had governors. Let's just say the governor comes into this wedding. He would probably get one of the higher up seats to sit in with the nicer wine and the nicer table. I, I don't know. But he would get a nicer seat because he is the governor of that region. But Jesus says here that some of these people are coming into the house and trying to choose the best seats for themselves. So Jesus gives them some logic here. He says, don't choose the best seat when you go to a dinner feast because someone might come in who is more important than you. And how embarrassing would that be if you take your seat at one of the best places in the wedding feast and some guy comes in who's more important than you and the host of that wedding comes up to you and is like, okay, get lost because this more important person is here and he needs a seat. And then all other good seats are taken and you have to go sit in the lowest place because all the other good seats are taken. So Jesus says, don't do that. Don't try to exalt yourself. He says, rather humble yourself. When you humble yourself, you're going to go sit at the lowest place to begin with. You're not going to try to find the best seat in the house. Then the host is going to notice that and they're going to come up to you and be like, why are you sitting here? It says, friend, move up higher. Why are you sitting down here? Go over to where you belong. And then that entire table is going to watch you get up. And it's almost going to be honoring for you because you humbled yourself. You're going to get up and you're going to walk to one of the nicest seats at the table. So Jesus says, do this. Don't try to exalt yourself and be humbled, rather humble yourself and be exalted. I mean, what did we just talk about in Luke 13, where Jesus says, the people who are first are going to be last and the last are going to be first. So we have to humble ourselves and not just do it because uh, we want to be exalted. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we can't have that motive because that's not going to work because we're not actually humbling ourselves. <laughs> So yeah, we can't do it that way. We got to actually humble ourselves or allow God to humble us. 
by truly wanting to be humbled, by truly being content to sit at the lowest place. At that point, the humbleness of our hearts, we will be exalted for that. But we can't have it for that motive to be exalted. We just have to be content with whatever God gives us. We have to be content to sit at those lower places. There's actually a verse in scripture that I've been thinking a lot about recently. And (laughs) I think it's a verse out of Isaiah. I don't remember specifically where it's from, but it says God is basically talking to his people and he's saying, who are you to complain about how I made you? Because I am the potter and I could have made you like a beautiful vase that, you know, holds flowers, or I can make you like a trash can that I throw trash into. (laughs) I'm not even joking. That's a legitimate verse. And I've been thinking about that. And I used to be kind of mad about that verse. Uh, especially back in 2019 when I was like at the factory and I was like, I hate that verse, you know, but I've been thinking a lot about it. And I mean, my trash can is one of the most useful things that I have in my house. And it's a very humble thing. I'm not even joking. Like when my trash can in my office is not near me, I'm like, where is my trash can? I need my trash can. I need to have my trash can next to me at all times. Because it's a fantastic little thing that holds all my trash. (laughs) And there's a purpose. It might not be a glamorous purpose, but my trash can truly has probably one of the best purposes in my house when it comes to containers. It holds my trash. And I love my trash can, my little blue trash can in my office. So the point is, yes, a trash can is very humble. But if God makes you a trash can... (laughs) I don't know if I'm convincing you very well, but if God makes you a trash can, you have a great purpose. (laughs) Okay, I don't remember where I was going with this. I'm not even joking. Uh, Okay, my point was sometimes the humblest positions have some of the best purposes. And we shouldn't be angry if God is putting us in humble positions because we have a purpose. I think this is kind of what Jesus is stating here. Just be content with where God places you in life because you are eventually going to be exalted, especially if you are content in those humble places that God puts you. And that's a lesson for each and every one of us to learn, especially me, because I mean, you guys know me. I love the spotlight and I've admitted that many times on the podcast before. I enjoy being up on stage. I enjoy singing. I just enjoy it. I enjoy teaching and leading. I like it. But I can't let my love of the spotlight be my driving force into what I'm doing, basically. I have to make sure that my heart is right when I'm doing certain things like teaching, not because I want attention, but because I truly believe that God can speak through me. And over the years, I know God has been teaching me how to be more content in humbler positions that are not a part of the spotlight, because years ago, I desperately wanted the spotlight. And I, I can't say that I, I don't anymore, like I still do, but I desperately wanted the spotlight when I was a teenager and rarely got it. I'm gonna be, <laughs> I rarely got the spotlight. And when I did, I would usually screw it up really bad. Like one time I got to sing a solo. Oh my goodness. It was like the worst. I, it's horrible to remember. I choked in the middle of it and like, oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. I I got to sing it for graduation. So, of course, the entire school got to hear it. But anyway, my point is (laughs) that uh, God's been teaching me over the years to be content in humbler 
positions because when I try to exalt myself, it never goes well. It just never has. So yes, be content in humbler positions. But on the flip side, if we are not content in humble positions and we try to exalt ourselves, just like me choking in the middle of a song that the entire school heard, we're going to screw ourselves up and we're going to be humbled because God humbles the prideful people. So yes, Jesus argues here, make sure that you are okay in humble positions. Make sure that you are content with where God places you because then you will be exalted. Well, anyway, faithful listeners, thanks so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, enjoyed my embarrassing story about me choking on my uh, own mucus during a song that I got to sing at my high school graduation. Anyway, go over to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash p40ministries to check out everything that P40 Ministries is doing with this podcast and just with everything else. I am writing another devotional, which I'm so excited about, so I'll keep you guys updated on that. But also tune in tomorrow for an episode out of Numbers. We're going to talk more about the Sabbath day and about the Sabbath day requirements. So definitely don't miss that one. So I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. or whenever you wake up. Happy listening and God bless.